from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I say it every single time any team's on by. NC State, no such thing as a bye week. Panthers, no such thing as a bye week. Only a get better week. <laughs> Coach speak. Put it on a sign, slap it on the wall, tap it every time you, you leave the facility. It's a get better week. Ted Lasso, believe. This is a week for the Panthers to improve. Here's the important part about a bye week. There's no scoreboard. Which means the only positive or negative enforcement that a player will get is from the coaching staff, which is important, right? Think I I, I mentioned this is the way I tell all the time. Have I told you about the uh, the Korean golfers on E60? I think it was E60. May have been straight 60 minutes. Okay, uh, this is from probably a decade ago. It was uh, there was a South Korean golf academy for youth golfers. And they did not play golf on a course until they were like 16. Interesting. All they would do is hit into a net for hours on end with their coach sitting behind them. So after every swing, the only feedback they got was from their coach. Good. Not good. Tuck your elbow. Move your feet. Swing your hips. Whatever. That was the only feedback they got. Because, see, here's what happens when, like, a traditional golfer learns by playing golf. Sometimes you have a terrible swing, and it still lands on the green. And guess what that is? That is positive feedback for a negative action, right? That is a bad swing. You skull it. You hit it fat. You hit it thin. You you, you don't do what you're supposed to do. You come over the top all funny. Your feet slip, but it ends up. Two feet to the green, two feet to the hole. So your brain goes, "Oh, look at that! That was good. That was good. I should swing like that more often." And you're reinforced for bad habits. So now let's put that in into football terms, right? Let's say they try—I don't know—changing the offense with a new play caller, and just because change is hard, they come out in the first game and the offense doesn't go well, right? They're getting used to a new offense. They're getting used to a new play caller. So the first quarter. Doesn't doesn't work. Even though they're doing the right things, they're trying, they're adjusting, they're making those those changes, but they're down twenty one nothing after the first quarter. That's the the result, the scoreboard saying, Hey, you're doing all the right things, bad things are happening. That must be a bad thing. Why don't you go back to what you were doing? Or vice versa, right? If you're out there and you and uh you know, you make a bad read, but your receiver catches it anyway. That's your brain's gonna go. Oh, look at that! That wasn't a bad read. That was a good read. Yeah, it worked. I should do that again next time. Pick six, right? Whatever it is. So, so in practice, in a bye week when there's no scoreboard, all of the positive and negative reinforcement you get is from the coaches. So that's why it's such a good time. And you hope you don't have to do it often. But the Patriots, or sorry, I've done that a few times. The Panthers have done it two of the last three years. That's why changing the play caller during a bye week is so much more advantageous. Right, everyone's like, "Oh, you get two weeks to install." I think it's almost more important to have two weeks where you don't have a scoreboard to tell you this is going poorly. Because for the uh, first week with a new play caller, it's going to go poorly, right? It's going to be a rhythm thing. He's not going to be in rhythm. You're not going to be uh, 
able to anticipate anything because it's all unexpected. They need to improve where the only feedback they get is from the coaching staff, right? They might have a rough day of practice today. Matter of fact, I would be surprised if the offense doesn't have two or three fairly bad days of practice this week. But guess what? As long as they go into meetings and and Thomas Brown and Frank Reich are saying, hey, listen, you're doing everything we've asked of you. You're getting better. This is good. You're fine. Keep doing it. You're good. This is fine. You're good. They'll go, all right, well, let's keep plowing, plowing through that. Let's keep pushing through this. Rather than, man, I did everything you said, and we're down 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I'm going back. I'm, I'm, I'm not listening to you anymore. Those things are tough. Also, bye week, and, and I think this is very important for Bryce Young. Get the heck away from the facility. I hope they gave Bryce Young a day and night off. Yes. Like, don't don't show up on Monday and don't be here till after lunch on Tuesday, which means you can do something Monday night without having to worry about being up at, you know, 5 o'clock to be in the facility on Tuesday. Like, take 48 hours off or 40 hours off. Like, like – I think that's important for Bryce Young. By all accounts, Bryce Young is one of those obsessed workers and, and you know, is going to try to uncover every stone and do everything possible, which is good. You want that. Send him home and say, I, I love that you want to be here. I'm not allowing you to be here. Yeah. Right. We talked about it yesterday uh, with the Canes. Sometimes players don't know what's best for them, right? Because we were talking about who Orlov should be playing in the, in the third pairing for the Canes. Should it be with Chatfield or D'Angelo? And we had the discussion of, should you ask Orlov? And I, I was going, well, actually, you know, Orlov might not know who he plays best with. He might have a guy he likes, but the coaching staff might know better who he pairs well with on the line. This might be a situation where if Bryce Young's like, I'm, on the bye week, I'm going to be there every day. I'm going to be grinding. I need to watch more film. I need to more analysis. I need more. The, this, the coach has to look at him and go, I know what's best for you. Like, go home. Do you like video games? Do you like movies? Do you, do you like golf? What do, what do you do? Go do it. Get the heck away from here. And then lastly, this bye week is a good good time. We talked about this earlier. I'm going to try to explain it again. Uh, to choose your core, right? The, the, the trade deadline is less than two weeks away. Choose who you want to build this team around not just for the rest of this season, but the next three seasons, and empower those players, right? If it's Bryce Young, and it better be Bryce Young. If it's Derek Brown or Brian Burns, probably uh, I would say Derek Brown because Brian Burns brings in more on the trade market. Is it is it Ikiakuanu? Like, like pick your players. Is it somebody um, maybe a little bit older that you want to keep around? Is it J.C. Horn, Right. And he's not much, that much older, but is is it J.C. Horn? Is it um, like a like a, a Xavier Woods? Mm-hmm. Pick your guys that you want to be the core of your team, and empower them. They might not be the captains this year. They might not be the guys who started off as the loudest voices in the locker room, but slowly start building them up with the little things. Right? I'm not I'm not saying like. Hey, today we're we're you know the coaches are going to stay quiet and the the players are going to lead the the practice. Here's Bryce Young and Nikki Aquanu. I'm not saying that, but little things like all right, uh, Xavier, break it down, and he's the guy that goes in the middle and says team on three. 
little things like like mm-hmm. choosing them for media opportunities, little things that just put them forward and, and allow everybody to recognize, oh, that's somebody we need to pay attention to. A bye week's a good time for that kind of stuff. Bye week's a really good time for that kind of stuff. And the mental, like you said, the mental reset it, for a lot of these guys. Because it, you've, you've gone through all of OTAs and obviously all through training camp, and then right on after that, and then six straight games. punched in the face six straight times. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Go home, Lick put your, your feet up, turn your phone off. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, like for, that for kind most of, deal. of the team, absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? That's fine. Unless you're coming in for rehab and treatment. Otherwise, get out of here. Yeah, and rehab and treatment, by the way, because uh, this would happen in, even in college. Mm-hmm. Certain rehabs and treatment, our, our head coach would tell the assistants not to be in the training room. Yeah. They would, ju- they would say, like, listen, they're coming in for treatment. I want them to have their headphones on. I want them to be laughing and joking with each other. Like, I, I, they're here for treatment. They're not here to be grilled on why they didn't, you know, run the right route on third down. Cons and cons. You need confidence. There's also concerns. Uh, we, we play cons and cons a, a few times a week uh, where we look at different things and we say what we're confident in and what we're concerned about when it comes to a particular team, entity, franchise. Uh, so when it comes to the Panthers, what are you confident in and what are you concerned about? Uh, when you get bad news, good news, which do you want first? Bad news, obvious answer. We'll start with the concerns. Dennis, what do you got? My concern is David Tepper continuing to interject in personnel decisions for the team. That's a fantastic one. Because this is the time where Carolina can really maximize trade value on some players. Who says that he's not in those negotiations trying to interject in some way, shape, or form? And I think handcuffing in many ways what Scott Fitterer wants to do. Because we've heard that David Tepper wants to win right now. Mm-hmm. You're not. And it- you can't right now. You start. You got to start not only just looking for 24, but you got to start looking at 2025. If you're the Carolina Panthers, what can you do that can maximize your team come 2025? When Bryce is in his third year, still on his rookie contract, how can you put the best team around him? You, have to, might, you might have to make those hard decisions when it comes to guys like Brian Burns or even Derek Brown. I wonder if 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 David Tepper is not really allowing Scott Fitterer to do the job in terms of building this team for the long run. Patience. Discipline right now is is paramount yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. And if you have someone who's who's kind of antsy, that's not gonna help anything. Um I say this all the time. If you're if you didn't come up in the football world and you're an owner, it's probably best to empower the football people and get out of their way. Now, if you want to spend ten years in the room and then start helping make decisions, okay. But you have to spend the time there, right? It's it's in the same way you wouldn't want like can you imagine if uh I'm trying to think of a good example. If like somebody like Joe Montana just walked into David Tepper's office and started forcing David Tepper to make stock trades. Be like, no, I'm really good at this football thing, so I'm gonna tell you how to how to hedge fund. Is that a verb? I don't even know if you can. Yeah. We'll how, go to, with it. how to hedge funds. Uh, it's like, well, Tepper would look at him and go, no, get the heck out of my office. You're, you're good at football. You're not good at this. But for some reason, Tepper will walk into the football stuff and, and go to Fitterer, Reich, guys that spent their entire lives in football and go, I'm really good at this hedge fund thing, so we need to go get a wide receiver on the trade market. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. Don't tell me how to hedge funds. Again, I don't think that's how you talk about it. We'll go with it, though. Uh, my concern is what happens if play calling doesn't fix everything? Mm. 
if if switching play callers and the offense still looks bad, it becomes a long season without any more big fixes. Yeah. Right? Like that switching play callers is kind of like you know, that's the the nuclear option. That's the the last thing you have in at your disposal, right? You aren't firing a, a coach halfway through his first season that you signed to the deal Frank Reich signed, right? So that's a big move you can't make. You're not benching your number one overall pick in his first season, so that's a big move you can't make. I don't see anything else that's a, a big big enough move to shake things up. So, so like, what else? If Thomas Brown takes over, the offense still lacks creativity. The offense still uh, is ineffective. The offense still doesn't have open wide receivers. What do you do? Do you try another one? Do you, do you go to the the do you bring Parks jo- Fraser? You bring Josh McCown out there and say you get to call plays. Hey, you never know. Like, I just don't know if there's many other tools in the toolbox. So if it doesn't work, I think you're just kind of slowly inching your way through a brutally painful, slow moving season towards the sweet release of the off season. Which, I mean. We're looking at like that'd be nine or ten games, eight, nine, ten games of that. That's a long time and a large kind of sap on your energy reserves if you're just getting pummeled game after game after game. The other part of cons and cons, confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh Dennis, what are you confident in when it comes to the Carolina Panthers? It kind of ties in actually to what your concern is. Mm. My confidence, or my oh, I'm confident that Thomas Brown and Bryce Young are going to spend much of this time figuring out what Bryce likes and what he does well. You think you're confident they're going to do that? Well, you got the time. That's the thing. I think I think the my confidence is the bye week is going to allow them to do that. I think those two are going to sit down together. Because it's interesting. I went and listened to the Bryce Young press conference from earlier this week, talking about Thomas Brown, who was asked about that. Sound like a little more energy in his voice, I, I, which is kind of interesting. It's like he's like, yeah, I'm – I'm excited for this. It's a great opportunity. All it, it, it just the energy in his voice sounded a little different, kind of like it did during the preseason. I had I had a similar yet slightly different reaction to watching the the Bryce Young. Okay. Do you think we ever will get what Bryce Young is actually thinking? Great question. He is extremely media trained. Right, is I think his dad is like a sports psychologist of some kind. Okay, like he is. I would assume. I don't care if Bryce Young plays twenty five years. Right, if if he's still the quarterback in twenty sixty, I don't know if we'll ever have him say the wrong thing. He is just like he's he's always going to say the right thing. He's always going to be supportive. He's always going to back his guy. He's all like. That like what you just said about the Thomas Brown questions, I 100% agree with. I was like, yeah, wow, he's upbeat, he's excited, right? He's he's selling this, right? The, the, like I'm I'm heck, I want to see what this offense looks like with Thomas Brown. Yeah, but like that is exactly what you want your quarterback to say, and and I don't know, I'm I'm I like Bryce Young. He doesn't come across as inauthentic. He doesn't come across as a fraud. But I I am starting to question whether like we're like. I think it was bot. It was to me. It was the body language. Are you confident? Like, I'm not even confident. Do you have any clue what it would be like to get like you and six of your college buddies together and like, like, say it's a bachelor party or something, and Bryce Young is a cousin of the bride and gets an invite or something like that. Like, and and it's just like, hey, he showed up at the bachelor party. You have any idea what he would be like to hang out with? 
No idea. Exactly. Even though I like, he granted he you know, it's a one way relationship. But I've listened to a, like hours of what he has to say. I've listened to every press conference. I've listened to to a whole bunch of interactions. I've seen him interact with Brian Burns in kind of a joking way. Like I've I've watched all of this, uh, and I still I, I I'm not sure. And some, it's a gift, really. Some quarterbacks, you can watch like, you know, five or six press conferences and you're like, oh, I know exactly who they are. They seem like a good dude. I'd like to get a beer with them. I'm, I'm still questioning Bryce. But you're right. He did he did come across and he did say all of the right things involving Thomas Brown. Yeah, again, to me it was the body language. You saw him like shoulders back? Like what are you Well, yeah, like shoulders up. I just, I don't know. Just It felt Goosey-goosey? like. Goosey-goosey? Yeah. That was okay. a big thing for me. I, I think those two are going to figure things out. I mean, from from your lips to the football god's ears. Right? I hope like, so, right? Like <laughs> that would make everything that would make this whole season have a different uh texture to it. My confidence and I've decided uh when we do Panthers cons and cons. I've made this decision and it is a a hard and fast one. This is not changing until someone knocks him off the throne. Okay? My confidence is Adam Thielen. Fair. Somebody something some aspect, some part of the Panthers organization is going to have to outperform Adam Thielen for him to not be the thing that I am most confident in. Because you brought it up a few times. It's been a long grind to the bye week for the Panthers, right? All those weeks of of preseason, for six weeks they've trotted out there and gotten punched in the face quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's 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 been a long run. Adam Thielen is 33 years old. He didn't slow down, right? He, he had 10 catches or 11 catches, 107 yards and a touchdown week six. He had a bunch of catches week two. He had a bunch of catches week four. He had a bunch of catches. Like, he's all over the place with with solid performances. So, you know, after this, this bye, they're going to have whatever it is, 11 straight weeks of games. He's pretty much done 11 straight weeks once already. He now gets a reset. And you're going to expect Bryce Young to only get better, right? You, you hope he's not taking steps back. If what Dennis said earlier becomes true, the offense will be running better with Thomas Brown. Like, if all that increases around him and he's already playing really well, what would make you think he's going to do anything but also get better and rise with the rest of them until Adam Thielen is passed, until somebody else makes me more confident in them? Adam Thielen is what I'm confident in the Panthers. That's fair. 